You are listening to a Hillbilly Horror Stories classic episode. This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 147 of Hibbley Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. I'm Tracy. Happy Memorial Day weekend, everybody. Unless you're in another country and then it's just um, happy I'm Sunday. I'm forgetting that. So, <laughs> hope you guys are enjoying your extra time off. It's been beautiful weather. Here. Well, here, yeah. In Kansas is flooding like crazy, so we oh, send our really? thoughts and prayers out to Kansas and Oklahoma oh, no, and I did the whole not Midwest. Know that. Yeah, it's been it's been horrible out there for them oh, guys. Oh my gosh, we'll pray for you guys. I'm so sorry. So in the Midwest, if you're getting hit with all the rainstorms and then the fluky snowstorms up in Colorado, last day of school and for summer break, and people are got snowstorms and winter advisories. Oh my it's, goodness, Isn't that it's crazy? crazy, absolutely crazy. Well, we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about tonight, and uh, obviously we're going to start off by thanking our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. Thank you guys and gals for everything you do for us. Amen. Keeping you in our prayers. And of course, we want to mention, uh, as usual, that if you're having a rough time, make sure you reach out to get help. Uh, don't hesitate to discuss your feelings, no matter what you're thinking other people will think you're probably being a little biased because you're a little down on yourself. But if you're de- depressed right now or if you're feeling like um, you just need somebody to talk to, reach out either to the suicide hotline here in the United States, 1-800-275-8255. If you're more of a texter, 741-741. Or feel free to contact Tracy or myself. Please do. Any of your friends and family, even if you think they do not want to hear from you, trust me. They do. Absolutely. And, uh, of course, our group is fantastic. If you want to join uh, Hillbilly Horror Stories group on Facebook, uh, come give us a yell. Yeah, the more the merrier, guys. We love it. Absolutely. And we love all of you guys. And I'm going to put this up here. We're going to do our our iTunes and Patreon in the middle. But I've got uh, a special thank you to Jennifer. Jennifer, I'm going to pronounce your name probably, but I think it's Jennifer Swider. Mm Mm-hmm. But Jennifer in Houston brought all of the podcast hosts Texas goodie bags. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. These were very nice. I mean, they had food. They had uh, buttons and pins and bottle openers and everything. It was all things Texas. Soap. And, and it was just soap, homemade soap. And, stuff, and it was fantastic. So uh, I'm sure you spent a pretty penny on all those because I know you had, was it, it was one for us and mm-hmm. uh, the other three shows. I mean, you Bob had. Bob had one. And Bob, I mean, you had like five or six of those things you made up. So yeah, it was very sweet. That was a, a nice little gesture that you did, and we appreciate it. And I didn't mention it on the last show, and I felt bad, so I wanted to make sure you got special mention up at the front of this one. Yay. We've got a cool show, and we also have special guest tonight. Justin Rimmel, 
will be on here. Uh, we'll do our main story, and then Justin will come on. Justin, we had an article that Justin had posted on his page, mm-hmm. and it was the difference between shadow people and ghosts. Yeah. And I completely disagreed with it, and he somewhat disagreed with it. So I thought it would be cool for him and I to sit down and discuss this article. Did you disagree with each other? No, not really. Just- not really, but he had a difference of opinion on some things. Um, so it's it's a pretty cool listen. Good. So I think you you guys will enjoy that. And then at the end of the show, I hope you have as much fun with this as I did. But we've got a listener who's also an author, and she's up in Massachusetts, and she has an awesome Massachusetts. Um, what's that thing we got an accent? <laughs> yeah. <I'm sorry. laughs> No, she's got, and, and I always kid her about her accent, but she is so funny. Mm-hmm. And she comes on to tell us uh, a little bit about some lumberjack folklore. And she just talks about all the, the ha- she's got, had a unique life to say the least, but yeah, she tells us seriously. all the hauntings and stuff that she's aware of and, and some, how she learned the alphabet, which you won't believe this one. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing, but it's so funny. And, we're going to put her on at the end of the show. So we've got yeah. two special guests tonight. Yeah, we sure do. Thank you both for coming on. All right. So the story tonight, I've been on this little kick lately where I like to do multiple stories that fit a theme. Like last week, we had the two different curses, and mm-hmm. we did the three three stories from uh, t- um, Michigan. And yeah. I just like doing that. And, and it makes it a little more fun because you don't get so caught up in one story, but you can keep a theme going. Yeah. So okay. we're kind of doing that again this week. All right. So this week's theme... Is not one I've heard anybody cover. Really? These are homes that nobody will buy. Well, I'll be dang. Because they're haunted. They won't so, even give them a try? Well, these these houses have all been on the market. Some of them actually will get, some of them actually did sell, but they were on the market forever and had to have drastically reduced prices in order for anybody to buy them. So I'm talking like bargain basement steals on some of these houses. So then I guess then the realtor told them about the house. Some of them, it's just that everybody in the area knows. Oh, kind of already knows. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be like if you were trying to sell, you know, Waverly. Uh-huh. Everybody knows Waverly's haunted. So, yeah. you know, or whatever the deal is, whatever, plug in whatever city, you know, uh-huh. the Whaley House or whatever the deal, the Winchester House. or You know, it is what it is. All right. We did a story on Patreon from New Jersey a while back. And it was about a family that was terrorized by a person referred to themselves as the Watcher. Remember yes, that? I do remember that. That was terrifying. I bring that up because this story became headline news, and then the couple never moved into the house mm-hmm. because they were so scared to, and then they decided to sell. The problem was that nobody wanted to buy the house, not even at a great price, strictly because it comes with a creepy stalker. And it got me kind of thinking about, I wonder how many other homes have a reputation like that Mm -hmm. that would make it hard to sell. And I found some cool examples that you probably haven't heard of, unless you just live in the area. Yeah. So the first one is referred to as the Haunted Pillars Estate, and it's in uh, Albion, New York. It's a 19th century Victorian home. It's beautiful. So it's absolutely gorgeous. It's all white exterior. And you probably guessed that it's got big pillars in the front, mm-hmm. the big columns, and that's how it got its name. So it's been on the market now for about three years at the time that, that this article that I read was written. And it started out at a million dollar asking price, but it's now 
a five hundred thousand dollar asking price. Oh yeah, it's a big. Cut. So you got a million dollar home that you can get for five hundred thousand. Now this home isn't uh, too far from the coast of Lake Ontario, so that's either another advantage there. So what do you get for your five hundred thousand? Should you buy this home? It comes fully furnished with all of these furnishings being antiques. Oh, cool. It includes a skeleton key for the front door. Oh, my gosh. This literally is an antique key, to the, and the, the lock and everything is, like, original to this thing. Very, very cool. I think that would be cool. Yeah. It also has a ballroom. How many houses, you know, have <laughs> a ballroom? Wow. So, they must have been a social light. Yeah. So, the gentleman who uh, bought the home's name is Tony McMurtry, and he spent 11 years restoring the home back to its original grandeur. Mm-hmm. He says the house was, he thought more of like, it just had a feeling to it. And uh, he says that he thinks every house kind of speaks and has its own story. But I think this house might speak a little bit too much. Mm. (laughs) It was built back in 1878, and it was just a few years after the end of the Civil War. It's one of the oldest houses and properties in the county that it resides in there. It's got, check this out. 7,228 square feet, six bedrooms, six baths, and it's on a two-acre lot. So when McMurtry bought this property back in 2006, he only paid $52,000 for it. Whoa, wait. $52,000 for the whole thing? Right. How in the hell did it go from $500,000 down to $52,000? Well, because when he bought it, it wasn't $500,000. He bought it for $52,000 when he originally bought it. Oh my god. He put it up for, he put it up for sale for a million. I gotcha. Okay. And it has lowered it down to five hundred thousand because he's trying to sell it. Oh my gosh. Fifty two thousand. How that's crazy. It's a private residence and an event venue with lots of weddings that go on there. So the main stairway is designed after the grand staircase on the Titanic. <gasps> that's so pretty. So therefore they have a Titanic themed event there every year. This house is loaded with elegance. Hand-carved beds, chandeliers everywhere, gothic artwork. And considering the amount of the upkeep that it would take for a 200-year-old home, as you can imagine, he hired a a woman by the name of Gora Goyette to help in caring for the house. So she moves into the house to try to help. That's a lot of work for her. Well, she wasn't the only one. Well, I'm sure, but still, that's a lot of of rooms. So she moves in, and not long after, Goyette and McMurtry started to kind of get the feeling that they maybe weren't alone in the house. Mm-hmm. So Goyette said that she's somewhat skeptical when it comes to these kind of things, but seeing is believing, and she's become a believer because of what she's seen there. She's witnessed some things for herself now. She said that there was definitely a spirit moving from within the house. The realtor said that members of the staff have heard footsteps walking up behind them on the stairs. There's also a piano in the parlor room, and it has a tendency to play all by itself. Mm, nice. Goyette said that while she while working in the basement one day, there was a handyman who swears he heard the voices of some children. Mm-hmm. And he's also talked to a little boy down there that didn't really exist. He inspected the area where he heard all these voices, and he found himself to be all alone. Goyet refuses to be in the house now anymore by herself. She says she comes in during the day. She do her cleaning and dusting. And uh, obviously, if you could imagine in the house's size, that's quite the chore. Mm-hmm. But 
she says that she just once it starts to get dark, she's out of there. She's out there, even she's, if somebody stayed with her. Yeah, she just she's just she's out. Not she's not it. gonna. Have, she's not having it. <laughs> McMurtry, he actually loves living in the house, and he says that the occurrences don't bother him at all. He said that he's always felt that there was some kind of ghost there, but he feels like it's of the previous owner by the name of Miss Carr. Now that would be Patricia Carr. And she lived there with her husband, William Carr, in the 1940s. Mrs. Carr died in the ladies' parlor. And both McMurtry and Goyet say that they saw her ghost shortly after renovations had begun there at the house. McMurtry had gotten up in the middle of the night one night. He walked past one of the bedrooms and he sees a woman that was lying there in the bed. And he believes that was her. Because when he went back... There was nobody else there. And there shouldn't have been anybody in the house to begin with, but he was half asleep. Yeah. So he really, it just like he saw it and then it registered, wait a minute, there shouldn't be anybody in there. <laughs> Staff members say that they've seen an apparition of a woman in a white dress holding a white parasol. Hmm. Now, Goyette says that she feels that whatever it is in the house, it seems to be a warm spirit and there's nothing evil about it as far as she's concerned. If anything, Miss Carr is probably happy that the way the house has been completely remodeled yeah, taken and, care of. and yeah. has been, you know, restored. Mm-hmm. There has been another apparition seen at the house. During the renovation, there was a little boy that was seen looking out of the basement window. McMurtry said that when um, friends come over to stay at the house, they will only stay when everyone is together. Nobody will come spend the night there like by themselves. <laughs> I wouldn't. It's like in a group or nothing at all. Oh, I wouldn't either, I don't think. <laughs> so what do you think? Would you buy a home? And trust me, I've seen pictures of this house. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I mean, I'm talking inside and out. Mm. And look, this is this is up in New York. This is right there by the uh, Lake Ontario. It's two acres in New York. I mean, this should be a house that sells for you know way more oh, than sure. what he's trying to get. And like for example, here where the cost of living is lower. Mm-hmm. We we see an average three bedroom house around here is three four hundred thousand dollars for a nice one. Yeah, and this is a, a a Victorian mansion basically that is I mean as beautiful as anything you could ask for selling for five hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars and it still can't sell it. I mean, I guess it would depend on if the spirits are nice. If you you know, but they're saying they're nice. Well, I mean, I don't know if I I don't I might not have a problem with that. I mean. I don't know. I guess I'd have to live in it for like a week and figure it out. Well, by the time you don't spend five hundred thousand dollars, you can't just get out of it. Well, after that's a week. true. That's true. <laughs> they probably not going to give you a trial. Well, you know what? That's funny you say that. Maybe they should. Maybe yeah. they should give people a trial, and once they see nothing's happening, then she could probably sell it quicker. I don't know why. I don't know why he wants to sell it anyway because he's put all this money into it. I mean, he. I mean, I guess he's trying to get his money back, right? Because he he's obviously done a lot of renovations to it to go from fifty some thousand dollars to. 500000 mm-hmm. that he's trying to get, or even where he thought it was worth a million when he yeah. put it up. So he's obviously done a lot of work, and maybe he just needs to get his money out of it. But I mean, if he's living in a house that's that kind of a bargain, and it, and it's a, an event hall, so he's having weddings and stuff, so he's got to be making money off of it. Yeah, definitely. So. But so he is still having weddings and things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And there's no issues, I guess. Yeah. And then that was mentioned anyway. So the next home we're going to discuss, it did eventually sell... In July of 2015, but they had to lower the price down to $329,000. And this is the S.K. Pierce Mansion in in uh, Cardin, Massachusetts. 
This home was built in 1875, and it was by a wealthy businessman by the name of Sylvester Knowlton Pierce. He was wealthy because he was a very well-known and successful chair manufacturer. Mm. I didn't know there was that much money in manufacturing chairs, but obviously there is. Yeah, got to start somewhere. <laughs> so this house has quite the storied past, unlike the other one where you just had the little thing. So some pretty distinguished guests have stayed here. Betty Davis, Norman Rockwell, Calvin Coolidge, and P.T. Barnum have all spent time here. No, that's nice. The S.K. Pierce Mansion was also a well-known meeting place for the Freemasons, mm-hmm. which some people think might tie into some of what's going on, which I will not talk about or mention for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Our hate mail is all filled up. I don't need more. <laughs> it's got 10 bedrooms. Three bathrooms, which is kind of odd considering. Yeah. But it's got I mean, 10 bedrooms, three bathrooms, 11 foot high ceilings, and marble fireplaces throughout. Sounds beautiful. It has the original windows, doorknobs, hinges, and floors. Nice. For when this thing was built. Very cool. So, why did they have so much trouble selling it, even at the price of $329,000, when it's worth way more than that? Well, that's because the home is also known as the most haunted house in all of Massachusetts. Mm. And my guess is when you got a reputation like that. Yeah. That's that's a good It's gonna lower yeah. some yeah. of your uh some of your potential buyers. So where does all the paranormal activity come from? There have been several different owners over the years, and there have been at least seven documented deaths inside the house. One of which was a strangled sex worker. And that's because the home, at one point, was a brothel. Oh, you think? So, it was intentional. It wasn't one of those things where, oh, no, a, me and, a man, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think they were really into that auto, what, auto-erotic oh. stuff back then. Oh. <laughs> I think, <laughs> probably not. Yeah. We'd have to ask David Carradine. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> There have been several different paranormal investigative TV shows that have been filmed there, including Ghost Hunters, Ghost Mm -hmm. Adventures, My Ghost Story, and several others. So it is on that list of everybody knows about it. So one of the shows captured an EVP that said, squeeze every throat. (gasps) Oh, golly. So that would tie in probably with the strangled sex worker. So another investigator uh, of one of these other shows came in and he asked, who is the current owner of the house? And the response was Lillian, which was odd because Lillian was the current owner of the house at the time. Wait, the ghost said that? Mm-hmm. The ghost said Lillian was <gasps> the owner. So who haunts the place? We covered there's been seven different deaths, but who do we think it is? Well, one of the restless spirits is that of a busy servant girl, and they judge that by how the young lady's dressed. Another spirit that's often seen is that of a little boy who looks lonely and stares out the front window of the house. How do you look lonely? How do you determine if you're looking at somebody through a window, you're driving by, you're walking by, how do you determine the look on their face between lonely, sad? That's true. I just think it's hard for somebody to look lonely. Mm -hmm. Well. I don't know. Maybe it's a different vibe they give off. (laughs) There's another random woman that's been seen just walking around the inside of the house, and nobody's really sure who she is. 
many people say that they can see a face in one of the ceilings of the house. Like if you just look up or take pictures of the ceiling, you can see a picture of a face in there. And they posted some of these pictures and all the comments were like, oh, I see it, I see it, I see it. Mm -hmm. Of course, that could just be suggestive. Yeah. uh, But pretty cool. The previous owner of the house said that they had no idea that the house was haunted when they moved into it. They were just excited to live in a gorgeous historical mansion that they got for a really good price, much like the Amityville Horror. Mm-hmm. That changed pretty quick, though. Within two weeks of moving in, they began to experience some very strange and sometimes almost evil type uh, mm-hmm. occurrences. They saw objects move. They heard whispers all throughout the house. And even on occasions, they heard chanting. Uh, That's never good. Yeah, I was going to say, I I think I'd be okay with anything else but that. Nobody ever hears like a church choir. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then they had these horrible odors that could be smelled all throughout the house that would just randomly appear and then just Mm -hmm. disappear as quick as they showed up. Well, that's good, I guess. (laughs) It only intensified from there. They would see shadows dart from room to room. Their bedroom door would be knocked on constantly. Knocked and banged on. That's annoying. So they would sometimes hear their names actually called by disembodied voices. So soon after all this, they start seeing full-bodied apparitions. So I guess not many people want to spend a half a million dollars for a house that has that many tenants that I guess refuse to pay rent. And it's hard to evict them. <laughs> That's true. You can't really take them to court. You got to use like salt and sage. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're a victim and are cooking them a special dinner. <laughs> oh my goodness. But, and that's about what the house was, should have been worth way over $500,000. Yeah. And then they ended up selling it for like $329,000. Oh so, what do you think about that house? And would you be more apt to move in that house or the first house we talked about? I think the first house still. Yeah, that one seems like it's a little more yeah. freaky. Yeah. Some shadiness going on there. There's something going on. Yeah. I don't I wouldn't be down. Especially they banging on my door nonstop. <laughs> Very That's rude. so annoying. Very rude. Okay. The last house. And to me, this is the most interesting of the one, so I saved it for last. The Schweppe Mansion in Chicago. This home, first of all, is huge. It's on five acres. The home itself has 28 rooms. That includes 10 bedrooms and 11 baths. And we're going to discuss a little further in that, but that actually is like just the main house. There's other parts to it. <laughs> Ninja is so impressed. Thank mm-hmm. you, Ninja, for chiming thank, in. Thank you for chiming in, baby. It's got a formal living room with a beveled ceiling, a huge kitchen, and a library. It's right on the lakefront and has 25,000 square feet. Good Lord, you get lost <laughs> in that place. <laughs> it was completely restored in the 1980s after it had been abandoned for close to 50 years. That just, I, I just can't get over that. How something just sits there for 50 years. Well, you, you may have an answer to that coming up. So here's some history on the house. John Shedd was the classic American dream story. He started working at Marshall Fields. You've probably heard of, Mar- of Marshall Fields. Mm-hmm. 
He would start working as a stock clerk, and eventually he made his way all the way up to president of the entire company. Whoa, you go. Good for him. Marshall Fields became the largest store in Chicago and was the largest wholesale and dry goods uh, company in the entire world. Wow. What an accomplishment. It was. And he was a big part to do with that, therefore he was very well paid. He bought this mansion and had it built as a wedding gift for his daughter, Laura Shedd, and her soon-to-be husband, Charles Schweppe, in 1917. Now, does the name Schweppe sound familiar to you at all? Yeah. From where? You just said it a little while ago. <laughs> Other than the fact that I just said it. A hotel? No. Let me, Schweppe, Schweppe. Let me spell it to you. Schweppe. Let me spell it. S-C-H-W-E-P-P-E. Where have you seen that? Soft drinks? Absolutely. Like ginger ale, tonic water. His family invented carbonated drinks in the 1700s. (laughs) The very first soft drink was created by the Schweppes. In 1700s? In the 1700s. That wasn't him. It was like his grandfather. But he was still part of the... Part of the fortune and part of the family, and they were still, you know, Schweppe's still a big name today. Yeah. So the mansion was known at that time as the Mayflower Place. No, ginger ale has a new flavor. It's orange. Limited edition. That's disgusting. Ginger ale <laughs> is nasty. It is not. It is L8, nasty. like L8 is L8, what I'm talking about. L8's disgusting, too. No, it ain't. And I know that's very, it's made right up the road from here, so everybody around here drinks it, but it's disgusting, so. Well, whatever. Not true. So... Anyway, the Schweppes were quite fond of entertaining at the mansion, as you can imagine, with that big-ass place. And the elite were often seen there, including some royalty, such as Edward, Duke of Windsor. He was there at one point in time, and the crowned prince and princess of Sweden came there. It was the perfect fairy tale story for the Schweppes in their perfect home. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, sounds great. Not quite. Of course not. Not so fast. Laura Schweppe, unfortunately, died of a heart attack in 1937 inside the home. Oh, she very old? No, she couldn't have been that old. I, I meant to look up her date, but I think she was like 45, something Aww, like that. that's a shame. Charles was devastated over the loss of his wife, and he was severely depressed, and he suffered from uh, severe insomnia. In 1941, Charles took his own life Aww. with a fatal gunshot to the head. Because he missed her so much? Well, we're going to talk about that because there's some debate on that. So servants found him in his bedroom along with a single handwritten note that only said, I've been awake all night. It's terrible. Oh, man. So most people assume that it was obviously because of the loss of his wife and, and just the constant grief. Some wonder, though, if it's because of the insomnia Maybe causing him to be sleep deprived to the point of he just made a decision based on maybe some illusions or hallucinations or something. But maybe it was something that could have been helped if his insomnia could have been helped. There was even some questions brought up of could there have been a brain tumor? Was it just Mm -hmm. severe depression that caused it? You know, so back then in the 40s, things weren't talked about like they were today and they definitely didn't know as much as they did today. There is another possible uh, answer to the question. And some people think that it could be the fact that when his wife died, she had a $10 million fortune that was all hers. Mm -hmm. 
And she left the majority of that to the children in the well, will and only left Charles $200,000. The other $9.8 million went to the children. Most seem to think that that had nothing to do with his depression and that the reason um, she did this in her will was basically to make sure that her kids were taken very well of. taken care yeah. of. And not to mention that the fact that Charles had plenty of money of his own from yeah. his deal, so he didn't really need the money. So most people don't think it had anything to do with it. But there are some people that point that that he might have felt slighted. Um, I, I don't see that being the case from everything yeah. I read. It just seemed like he mm-hmm. just really loved his wife. Right. Whatever the real reason was, we'll probably never know because he took that to his grave. So after Charles died, the house was vacant for 46 years. Now, this was mainly because locals insisted that the mansion was haunted by Charles and Laura. So much so that it became basically Chicago paranormal folklore. And we also have to mention the fact that obviously they were very pampered people in their life. So it kind of goes without saying that there are also ghostly servants that haunt the house as Mm -hmm. well. Wouldn't that be just like the suckiest thing ever? I mean, you're a servant, you die, and then you're still a servant in the afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Do they have a choice? Well, how would I know if they got a choice? I don't know. That's how to ask. (laughs) This is from the Lake Forest College Library Archive. There was a, uh, I guess there, there, an article written there. It says, at the Preservation Foundation holiday reception, there on Sunday, December 4th, 2011, a credible witness observed that he and a small group had indeed seen a ghost. So this is an article that was written in the paper mm-hmm. by a credible source. Yeah. And it was like, not just him. Yeah, it was a group of people. Of people. And then there's this from the Orlando Sentinel, and this might answer your question from earlier. Although the heirs to the estate have kept silent on their reason for holding on to the estate without occupying it, folklore has it that Schweppe ordered them to leave the home empty for 45 years after his death. In case, get this, he decided to return as a resident reincarnate. So how did he come up with how many years he thought that was going to take? I have no idea. I wonder. (laughs) But supposedly that was the deal. He thought that he was going to come back and he wanted a place to live, I guess. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool, at least in going into afterlife. No, you're not going to be homeless. Yeah, that's true. Here's one fact that I thought was particularly interesting about this whole thing. So after 46 years, think about how long that is. 46 years of being empty. There was one window. In the master bedroom that remained completely free of any dust or cobwebs, while all of the other windows in the entire house were covered with both. Oh, wow. So he was in there keeping that tidied up, I guess. Yes, he just wanted to make sure he could see out the window or somebody was. Oh, wow. So the house was finally bought in the late 1980s by Donna and Howard Hoper. They paid $5.5 million and had a really good sense of humor about the hauntings. The Hopers, matter of fact, joked that with 22,000 square feet, 20 bedrooms, and 18 bathrooms, there was plenty enough room for the spirits and for them. Now, if you remember when I originally started the story, I said there was like 10 bedrooms yeah. and six. The reason was, I said that was the main living quarters. There's, there's servant 
houses and all that stuff on there. So all of it combined, there actually is 20 bedrooms and 18 bathrooms. So. Ooh, I think that's plenty of room. The couple planned on doing some elaborate restoration, but unfortunately, they decided to divorce before finishing, and the mansion went into foreclosure in 2009. Are you serious? All After all that? Well, I mean, you think about it. They bought it in the 80s, and they got divorced in like the late 2000, I mean, 2009 yeah, is when it went. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's 20-some years. Yeah, that's true. So you can pretty it up, but that doesn't change the rumors and that the place is haunted and then the possible selling of the place can just still take a hit, Mm -hmm. which is what's happened here. It was originally listed at $18 million, then it went to $15 million, then to $9.95 million, and now it's on the market, as we speak, for $8,950,000. This place is still huge, and it's by by far the biggest and the nicest out of all of them, but it went from $18 million to $8.9 8.9 million. I mean, it's more than a 50% discount and still nobody will buy it. Yeah. I guess I wonder if they've had any bites at all. I mean. I don't know. So I kind of ran across this little story. Uh, there was a lady by the name of Catherine O'Hara, who she's the uh, village president of Lake Bluff now. But she said when she was younger that she was uh, talking to the head of security for the Schweppe Mansion. He told her this story uh, that was told to him by the caretaker of the place. So one night, the caretaker was out walking around the the house and the property, making sure all the doors were locked, everything was in good condition, stuff like that. Now, keep in mind, this caretaker actually knew Charles Schweppe before he committed suicide. So he sees this man in the backyard. He walks over to the man, and a stranger just looks at him and says, how's the house doing? (laughs) He's a little stunned, but... He replied that the house was doing doing good, and everything was in good condition. He said the man walked away. He never saw the man again, but he swears that it was Charles Sweppy that he was talking to that oh, night. Man, that's so freaky. <laughs> and what do you think about that house? That that sounds like an incredible house for sure. It is. I mean, I'm gonna try to find some pictures to post. Yeah, I would love to. But see I'm some telling pictures. you, it's phenomenal. So well, good. It's so cool that he's still interested. Yeah. And then the afterlife, afterlife, after death. No, wait. What is it's it? It's after, after afterlife. Life. <laughs> it's technically yeah. afterlife and after death. That's because very either true. Way. That's so cool though that he still cares about his house and makes sure it's in proper order. So, you know, actually though, and, and trust me, there was like four or five more that maybe we'll do a part two to this at some point in time and do a. You know, like with like the near death experiences uh-huh. and stuff, we just do some more. But I don't know. I thought I thought those were kind of interesting. No, they they are very interesting. It's 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 just so crazy. What about that commercial for Indy from Ohio? <laughs> I I give them one job, <laughs> one job. <laughs> hey, can you make a commercial? Remember, we're a family friendly show. <laughs> I loved it though. I know. Awesome. I know. <laughs> <laughs> There's something else. Yeah, they are. They're awesome for sure. <laughs> They're very uh, people up in Indianapolis where we're doing the show at at Gina's Grill. She is very excited about this. I know. I'm so excited too. We are looking so forward to this, and we look forward to all of them. But uh, it's going to be pretty awesome, I think. And to know that the people hosting it are just as excited oh, yeah. as we are, I think that's great. They they asked for some posters. Oh, 
So nobody's ever actually asked for that before. So we, I, I had some posters made up and sent to them. Well, good, good. So to promote that show, that's great. Well, let's do this. Let's go ahead and do the Patreon since there's only a couple of them, and then uh, we'll listen to the um, debate between Justin and myself. Oh, sounds good. Then. And whether or not shadow people and ghosts are two completely different things. <laughs> so. So Patreon-wise, we had Bobby Wolf and Shasta Scarborough. Shasta was up in uh, Houston with us. Yes. Got to have breakfast. And matter of fact- Today's her birthday. Today's her birthday. You, When you hear this, it'll be a day late, yeah. but we're recording on Saturday. Yeah. Happy birthday, beautiful. So very Thank cool. Thank you guys for your support. We appreciate you so, so much. Absolutely. Uh, we'll listen to Justin, and then we'll do the iTunes reviews, and then we'll listen to Amanda. Okay. Sounds great. All right, I got uh, Justin Rimmel here. He's the host of uh, approximately 72 podcasts. We've got uh, most well-known, obviously, for, for Mysterious Circumstances. And, Justin, you've been on the show a bunch of times. But you do to have two other podcasts that uh, uh, you are one of the head hosts on, which uh, is, was it Rev 96 or 69? I always get it mixed up. <laughs> Rev 96. It's Rev 96. So you do some creepy pasta stuff on there. And then uh, you've got another show that, that uh, you're one of the hosts on that uh, was it Blood and Dust? Yeah. Which yeah. is Wild West True Crime. So pretty cool. I don't know how you have time for all of it, but you do. So I really don't. When you, when you asked me that last night, I was like, honestly, I have no idea, man. Like, I really <laughs> don't. Um, it's the, the Rev 96 is super easy because I just either read people's stories that they submit, you know, and throw some music to it. That's not bad, but Blood and Dust is pretty hard because it's a lot of historical research and, you know, chasing down census records and good stuff like that. And, of course, MC is like, you know, pretty much all all kinds of stuff wrapped it up into one. So, you know, that keeps me pretty busy. Now, the reason I got you on today, you posted an article, uh, a link to an article that was on Ranker, and Ranker's an awesome site. I love it. Ranker and uh, uh, some of the other ones out there, man, that that really hit the paranormal stuff on there. What I like about Ranker is they have a lot of lists on there, which I guess is how it got its name, but they do have some other stuff, and one of the articles on there was on shadow people. And the difference between shadow people and ghosts, and I started reading it, and I wasn't even halfway through with it, and I'm like, um, I've got some issues with this. And I thought, well, I, hey, let I me have- honestly do too. I was glad that you said that because I was like, I don't agree with a lot of the things this this article is saying. So I thought I would bring you on, and we would kind of go through this. It's only about three pages, but we would go through it and see what each other's opinions were on this because I think this is a, a subject a lot of people are interested in. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into this. Um, Before I do this, though, I do want to say, let's not forget that on uh, June 22nd in Indianapolis, we've got a show together along with the Brohio guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And right before you sent me that uh, commercial, (laughs) Nick, Nick texted me and he's like, hey, listen to this. And he sent me that audio file. And I was like, this is going in rotation. <laughs> I was like, this is pretty good, man. <laughs> I know. I want to, It's t- typical Ohio fashion. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was pretty funny. I I couldn't believe it. And then right then you emailed me, and I was like, I love this so much. Yeah, I, I knew when I asked them to do the commercial that I was probably setting myself up for uh, 
oh, a surprise okay. and no doubt. So, all right. So let's let's jump into this article. I'm just going to read it and then we'll we'll jump in on it. So it says, in the world of paranormal research, there are two distinct types of non corporeal creatures: ghosts and shadow people. In many instances, it can be nearly impossible to tell the differences between ghosts and shadow people. But after some exhaustive research into these scary monsters and super creeps, here's a handy guide to help you figure out whether you're dealing with an energy-sucking shadow creature or a full-bodied apparition. Are ghosts and shadow people the same thing? It's a question that's bogged down believers for the supernatural for a long time. While they both share similarities, there's definitely some... Uh, they're definitely not the same thing. Not only are there different classes of shadow people, but the types of ghosts that you're likely to bump into aren't anything like the ominous figures cut by a shadow person. The following guidelines will teach you how to know if you saw a ghost or a shadow person lurking in the room and what to do about it. So what do you think about when you first see that? Your opinion of shadow people, do you see shadow people and ghosts as two different things first off? Personally, I've always leaned more towards shadow people being interdimensional. Um, I don't know why. Um, because, I mean, there are certain characteristics that shadow people seem to fall under a certain category all the time. And a lot of the, you know, the encounters with shadow people are you hear a lot of the same reports. And with, with ghosts or hauntings or even poltergeist activity, you know, that always seems to have different um, classifications usually. So my, my personal opinion on shadow people was either, you know, a non-human entity, like something like, you know, a demon. But the bad thing with that is with shadow people, it's always a real solid figure, you know, and it's always looks like the same thing. Like it mentions in the article later on about the hat man. And it's just, I don't know, like all the all the stuff I've read and and looked into and and heard on podcasts and stuff. I just I just tend to lean more towards them being interdimensional as opposed to you know some kind of entity. See, I, and I agree for the most part uh, with that thinking. I definitely think there's a difference between ghosts and shadow people. So I've got no qualms with what they've said thus far. I will say though that. When we went to Waverly Hills, you know, one of the things they talk about a lot is shadow people, and you can see shadow people uh, in in uh, up on floor four, and they didn't seem to think, and the mediums that we talked to up there didn't seem to think that those were e- evil entities or anything other than they equated them to being ghosts, more or less, okay. people that are that maybe have passed on up there. But like I said, I I don't have a problem with saying ghosts and, and shadow people are different. Here's where my first big difference of opinion is going to come in at. Shadow people are conscious entities. Ghosts are not. Paranormal experts have been debating for decades about whether or not ghosts can actually understand what's happening around them or if they're simply going through the motions of a past life. It's believed that ghost apparitions are simply residual energy. Leftover when a person dies, meaning that while you may be able to see them, they can't see or interact with you. On the other hand, shadow people are sometimes corporeal beings who are at best believed to be from another dimension, such as you said, and at their worst, they may be demonic in nature. 
People who have had interactions with shadow people believe that the creatures make conscious decisions for how they will treat a person, something that a ghost cannot do. That's my first issue. I, I do. I don't believe that ghosts are uh, can't interact. I do yeah. believe that ghosts can interact. That's, and and I, yeah, this was no. This was my first problem too. This is literally assuming that every single um, haunting or or ghost is a residual. And I do not agree with that whatsoever. Well, I definitely believe in residual hauntings. Oh, I do. I, I do, too. I, yeah. I think that's a whole separate category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you can't assume that every haunting is a residual, you know, and that's that's kind of what I took from this from this first part of the article right here. Yeah, I definitely think that, that the average ghost, quote unquote ghost, is something that Kind of, you know, they don't always know exactly what's going on because sometimes they're not aware that they've passed on or whatever the situation is with with their circumstance. But I do think there's a lot of times where where family members who have passed on try to reach out with you, whether we we've, we've talked about on a show with leaving dimes or whether it be just be moving something around or a smell that you'll encounter. I don't think that's uh, any way by accident. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that a lot. So here's the next section. At one point, ghosts were a person, shadow people were not. I've got no problem with that. One of the yep. many stark differences between ghosts and shadow person is that ghosts used to be a physical person, while shadow people have always been creepy crawlies that come to you when you sleep. No one knows why the residual energy released when humans eyes create ghosts for some people and not for others. But it very well may have something to do with the person having unfinished business on the corporal plane. Well, to me, that's kind of a uh, uh, I don't know. It's it's like it just kind of goes against what they were saying earlier. Because it, <laughs> what would be the point of them being here if they got unfinished business? If they don't know what they're doing, can't interact. Yeah, so exactly. It's just complete contradiction on that part. Shadow people have always existed, whether they're from another dimension, a time traveler, or demonic entity. It's believed that these creatures were fully aware of what they're doing. And I 100% agree with that. Same here. Same here. Shadow they, people. Uh, the shadow people, it seems like they're always. I don't want to say their intentions are always bad, but it always seems like. It does seem like it. Watching. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's it's really, I don't know. A lot of accounts are just not good accounts, if, I th- if that makes sense. I think of the shadow people kind of like you do. It's like they're they're just waiting on the negative uh, to be around people so they can just jump in. It's like they're just waiting and being opportunistic for the right time, which is usually a, a bad time in somebody's life. Mm-hmm. It says here, shadow people are more likely to look like a person than a ghost. If you've never been visited by a ghost or shadow person, your first experience with either can be terrifying and confusing. How do you know with which type of entity you're dealing with? When it comes to ghosts, there are a few different types of entities that you can encounter. There are ghosts with interactive personalities. Once again... That's a A contradiction. Exactly. Contradicting the very first part of the article. (laughs) But like they said, and they use an example like Bruce Willis at the end of the sixth sense or a civil war battlefield ghost. But there are also ectoplasmic mists that are just as visible as interactive full body apparitions. 
Aside from the two visible and easily recognizable types of ghosts, there are poltergeist or noisy ghosts, which are essentially pure energy. You're most likely to experience one of these if you have a teenager in the home or a large amount of pent-up negative energy. They knock things down, break windows, etc. Finally, there are orbs and swirling balls of light that are most commonly seen in photographs. Shadow people, though, are usually described as being tall and human-like, but if their bodies are made of shadows rather than flesh and blood. The most notable shadow person is the Hat Man, who has been appearing since at least 2001, since he was discussed on Art Bell's Coast to Coast AM. It's been theorized that Hat Man is a separate phenomenon from shadow people, even though he appears in the same way as the rest of the Creepy Brethren. Thoughts? My thoughts, personally, are... This guy is is trying to explain possibly um, the phenomenon no, known as uh, the tulpa effect. I'm not sure if you're too familiar with that or not. The I'm tulpa, not. The tulpa effect is like um, basically how uh, Slender Man came about. Like basically, it's a a collective thought by a huge amount of individuals. And it basically manifests into something. So basically saying like one person, you know, had an account with a shadow person who was, you know, a hat man. And if even in the article, he says, you know, been appearing since 2001, since he was discussed on Art Bell's, you know, coast to coast. And that would go into the same thing to where um, one person had thought about it. And had spoken about it, and then a collective amount of people actually discussed it and start thinking about it to the point where it's actually manifested into some sort of, you know, being or, you know, whatever the case might be. That's basically the Tulpa effect, and it's uh, it's often referenced to uh, when you start getting into uh, Slender Man. And, I mean... You know, I mean, obviously no ghost is going to be flesh and blood, okay? You know, whether it be a shadow person or <laughs> right. entity or demonic haunting. Yeah, but that's a zombie. I, <laughs> yeah, I think I think he's trying to – I think he's – the the author, I can't remember who wrote this. Um, I think he's trying to uh, – Jacob Shelton. I think he's trying to talk about tulpas, but he doesn't exactly know what they are um, or doesn't know how to explain them. Personally, what do you think? Well, I mean, we had a listener the other day suggest that we talk about Tulpa. And, and to be honest with you, the way you described it was different than in my head what I was picturing. I was picturing more like uh, when you, when a teenager uh, manifests like a poltergeist activity. That, that's more what I was thinking. Or Yeah, uh, yeah. But- they're, they're too – like poltergeist is, you know, one thing – you know, that's always interested me because I've, I've done, uh, you know, I covered the, the Doris, Doris Byther, um, mm-hmm. poltergeist and then obviously Donnie Decker too. And I think those are more poltergeist activities, but yeah, Tulpa is, is, a, is, um, a, some kind of, some kind of, I don't want to say entity, but some kind of manifested creation from, a bunch of individuals, you know, basically thinking about it and all their collective energy is used to actually create something like that. 
And see, I was thinking along that lines, but more of a single person. Like if I had a monster under the bed that I kept thinking was there, that I could create that monster under the bed, I wouldn't think in more of a mass group of people like the Slender Man effect, like you were saying. But we, you know, we've had a lot of people mention Hat Man. We had somebody do a listener story not too long ago. It said they saw the Hat Man during uh, their sleep paralysis episodes, and they were unaware, you know, of what Hat Man was until after they started describing it and looking it up. And uh, but, you know, it could be a situation like it said in here that it started appearing at least since 2001, that maybe a lot of people had had the the experience, but they didn't know until they heard it on our bill that it was actually a thing, you know, so maybe it existed. They just didn't know it before 2001. Yeah. And by the way, rest in peace, Art Bell. I've missed that show so much, man. Yeah. I don't know if you were a big fan of Coast to Coast, but it was a pretty awesome show. Growing growing up, it was the only way. I mean, I can remember listening to it 18, 19 years old. And that was, you know, back then you didn't have all these uh, shows on TV that you could just turn on the travel channel and see all these different ghost hunter shows. And all that. If you, you had to wait till Halloween to see some of these things put on. Or you could listen oh, to Coast yeah. to Coast, and that was it. And so, no, I've I've been a huge fan for my entire life. And uh, Jim Harold, when he was on Coast to Coast, mentioned our show one night, uh, probably a year and a half ago. And that might be the biggest thrill that I've ever had is the fact that yeah. we got mentioned on Coast to Coast. So, oh yeah, man. And I'm I'm a pretty big. A lot of people trash talk George Nori. I I always like George Nori too. So I like George. He's out he, there. He's a he's a very comparable uh, uh, predecessor to that. Exactly. I agree. I agree. I said predecessor. That's actually before. So that was cool. But <laughs> <laughs> before I start getting emails. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. All right. So here's the last part of this. These entities have completely different intentions. Trying to determine the intentions of a ghost is nearly impossible. You might find, depending on what type of paranormal phenomenon which you're dealing with, that the ghost doesn't have any intentions. If you have a poltergeist in the home, it's taking cues from whoever the negative energy helped manifest the creature, and it's going to keep doing what it's doing until you cleanse the home. If you're dealing with an interactive ghost, it would be reenacting something from its life over and over Without any ill intent towards you, despite the negative ramifications of the ghost clanging and banging around your house. The intent of a shadow creature is nothing but malicious. Since the first report of a shadow person that has ever been any claims of one whose creatures doing anything positive whatsoever. Many paranormal experts believe that the shadow people want to feed off of your negative energy and fear. I don't know that I necessarily have an issue with any of that. I, I kind of, that's always been, other than the Waverly experience, that's always been my thought of shadow people. Um, and, yeah. and as far as ghosts, I mean, yeah, it's the poltergeist activity. Once the, the negative problems are solved, just like you've seen with the Doris Bather's case, um, sometimes they just go away on their own. And it is from a lot of pent up energy. So, yeah, I don't, I don't ever think of a regular quote unquote ghost as usually having any kind of uh, intention on doing any kind of harm, even though I do think there are situations where bad people become bad ghosts. So I don't think it's – it's uh, you can say that there's no ghost out there that who, who don't look to me malicious, and I don't think they're necessarily shadow people. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And that's, you know, that's, again, assuming that there's some kind of – 
of, you know, spiritual entity as opposed to inter- interdimensional being. I think they're they're leaning more towards that point. But but yeah, I definitely I can agree with that. I haven't heard or or even read of any instance in uh, instances to where um, a shadow person is trying to help out, you know, or is anything right. good really. So so yeah, I could see that. But, you know, you bring up an interesting point, you know, that we talk about that they could be interdimensional, but a lot of people out there are thinking that ghosts are interdimensional as well. That when you see somebody from a, you know. That's actually a really good point. That's a a very popular theory about uh, the supernatural and and ghosts and, and even Bigfoot for that matter, you know, that it's a interdimensional. Yeah, well, don't tell some big Bigfoot fans about uh, that because they'll throw a fit. There's no possible way it could be interdimensional. <laughs> well, you know what? Until one of those big Bigfoot fans catches one out there in the wilderness, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and believe whatever I want. So, <laughs> I had never really thought about ghosts being interdimensional. I don't think they until are. Recent, they until are. recently. You know, it's a theory that's that's out there. I don't personally agree with it, but I don't. You know, I'm right. I'm right there with you. I don't. I don't agree that they're interdimensional, but you know, it is a theory. I suppose that has to be mentioned. Well, I do think there could be situations to where uh, some some type of person or, or apparition from an, another dimension does cross over. And you see, and we may think they're a ghost, but I don't think that's the ghost. Like when, when my mom came to me through two bikers, that wasn't an interdimensional being. That was a ghost. Um, mm-hmm. but, but if I just happen to be walking down the park and I see maybe a, a, a civil war reenactment going on that, that isn't really going on, that could be an interdimensional crossover. Or just a residual haunting. Exactly. Yep. So it's like Justin, it's like the residual hauntings all are all going on in a in you know some other some other plane of existence you know and sometimes the veil between the two is is a lot thinner than normal and you know it's hard telling. No, I agree hundred percent, Justin. It's been fun having you on, buddy. I'm glad you made time between your. Three podcasts to be able to carve out about 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. No, I'll always make time for you, man. Um, and obviously, everybody, um, June 22nd, like like Jerry had stated, you know, come on out and see us. Um, we got some good stuff. And, of course, the Atchison show that I'm, like, super excited about. <laughs> I'm so oh, yeah. pumped about that. I'm just – I'm excited to stay the night in the Sally house, my man. So – we're getting more and more uh, people send us messages telling us that's just a bad idea. That's a bad idea. <laughs> but I've, you know, I've gotten a few of those too. They're like, dude, you don't want to do that. And I'm like, don't. listen, I appreciate your 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 concern for my well being, but I'm gonna do it. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, Trace, dude, Tracy. Tracy. Tracy says she's on board, but I got a feeling that she may be changing her mind before we get all the way up there, which, you know, I, I told think, her she's I more- think after the tour, she'll probably be like, nope. <laughs> not oh, that's why she's, she's not going on the tour. We're going to spend a night before we do any kind of tour because I'm not taking that chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <But that's- laughs> it's like you're not backing out. <laughs> it's going to be a fun night, though, man, because you said you're bringing some equipment, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to bring some equipment, and uh, I'm actually going to see if I can't, because I uh, recently, 
uh, splurged and bought a hundred dollar laptop. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I was traveling with my old job so much that I actually bought a laptop that I can do, um, recordings on the road with and, you know, same, same audio quality and whatever. I really want to bring that, but I'm going to bring some, some, uh, you know, digital recorders and stuff like that and see if we can't see if we can't get anything good out of it. You know, we got a, a zoom recorder that we're going to bring. And uh, then I can, uh, like I said, we've we've got I've got an EMF meter that I'll bring, and uh, we'll see what we can have some fun with. Sounds good to me, man. I had a listener send me uh, a uh, special edition Ozzy Osbourne Ouija board. I'd bring that, but I'm not going to open it because it's still in the plastic. <laughs> I think I think Maria might might have something to say about bringing a Ouija board in there. I'm, pr- I'm pretty she, sure uh, she would. She's very adamant. She's like, do not mess with these things. Do not get them going. She had like this whole list of rules. And I'm like, I don't know what you think I'm doing in there, but. Yeah, she thinks you're there with candles. Know, like and me. I mean, we were just going to recreate the pentagram that was already on the basement floor. I mean, come on. What's the problem? That's Yeah. I mean, it was already there once. Obviously. It, you know, I mean, it might have been a little problem, but you got a bunch of stories out of it and tourist, tourist sales went up. So, like, it's that's good. right. <laughs> that's right. Well, brother, thank you so I much for I, coming on. Yeah. Hey, yeah, tell uh, me on, man. Tell everybody real quick how they can catch up with your other shows. Oh, uh, well, Mysterious Circumstances is pretty much everywhere. Um, any podcast platform, iTunes. Um, just, just note that, you know, there is foul language and I do talk about some, some, uh, not really controversial topics, but you know, it's, it's adult oriented, obviously, um, you know, murders and disappearances and, you know, you can find me on Instagram at podcast or at mysterious podcast, or you can follow my personal account at burn it all 13, um, uh, Twitter, you know, is at podcast MC, um, and then blood and dust is wild west true crime. It's uh, pretty much gunslingers and outlaws and lawmen and stuff like that. And that's actually pretty much anywhere. And you can find that on um, Instagram and Facebook and all that good stuff. And then Rev96, um, I haven't done an episode of Rev96 in a couple months just because of other projects. But that's also just REV and 96. And that's uh, on Instagram and you know, Twitter and Facebook as well. So it's a, uh, it's not too hard to find, or you can just find me and say, Hey, you know, where do I find your show? I can't find it here. And, you know, I'm pretty easily accessible. So, Hey, you know, I thought this was funny. Your first episode of blood and dust was on John Wesley Harden. And yeah. the only, the only memory I have of John Wesley Harden is the old time life books that they used to put out. And in the commercials that they would, put out on TV and be like John Wesley Harden who once shot a man for snoring too loud and that's the only thing I've ever known about John Wesley Harden <laughs> and that is a uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, pretty much how it went down too man after doing a lot of research between the three of us he he ended up claiming that um, you know so the guy was trying to to steal his pants and he and he shot him but at the end of the day, John Wesley Harden actually owned up to it, but more than likely what happened is he could hear the guy snoring in the next room, and he shot a couple holes, a couple bullets into the wall, and one of them just happened to, to hit him, and he ended up killing the guy, so... I like I like how he was a he was a character man. He was he was 
a straight cold-blooded killer, but um, he was also really odd. He did like 16 years in prison, and while he was in there, he got his law degree and became a lawyer when he came out. So, sure. I like, though, how he thought that shooting a man for stealing his pants was way better than shooting him for snoring. So that was a lot more justifiable. <laughs> much. I know. I know. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, that's totally fine. And the, in the like, he, the you know, just how it all went down is just like, man, you can't even make this stuff up, man. Some of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right, brother. I'll see you in exactly a month from today. All right. Sounds good, man. Later. Later. So I know, Tracy, you heard the interview. You didn't get a chance to read the article. But in a synopsis, it said that shadow people, they think, were have always been, for the most part, evil or demonic and have always existed. They were never a living being. Mm-hmm. But ghosts uh, were living beings. But the article said that they don't think ghosts can interact with people and that they don't knowingly know what they're doing. They're more or less like energy that was just left behind. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on ghosts? Do you think ghosts can actually interact with people? Do you think that if your mom could tap you on a shoulder purposely to get your attention Mm -hmm. or to leave dimes like we talk about? Yeah, I think that's absolutely And And that was my issue with the whole thing. They acted like a ghost was just something that just wanders around aimlessly and has no clue. They're at this house because that was a house they were familiar with, but Mm -hmm. they don't really know anything that's going on. And I just, yeah, I just... Yeah, I don't buy into that poppycock. at all. Yeah. You said poppycock. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. Do we need to bleep that? No. Okay. Poppycock. <laughs> I love poppycock. That stuff's good. I know. It is good, isn't it? It's like butter. It's like caramel corn, but it's butter toffee. Yep. Anyways. It's very good. Very good. iTunes reviews. Mom101609. I can't read this. Dead ladybugs. Dead ladybugs. Giver of Drake's Cakes. Mm, I'd like to know what that's about. (laughs) The Red Roadies 3000, which is Greg. A bunch of numbers and letters and squiggly lines. There's a B and a dollar sign. Oh, it's an eight. An eight, a dollar sign, question mark, and a bunch (laughs) of other stuff that you probably did on purpose just to make us try to read that. (laughs) Striker 5, 86 Cat, MZ Susie 1, and Brian Glenn. Man, you guys left us some awesome reviews. We can't thank you enough. It's funny. We'll look and it'd be like, eh, it don't seem like there's a lot of reviews. And then we start writing them down. It's always like eight or nine. Mm-hmm. So that it actually is a lot of reviews. And, and we appreciate it so much. Absolutely. Thank you for your kind words and for your support. We love y'all. New shows. Once again, I want to remind people we set up the New York show, mm-hmm. which is uh, October uh, 10th or 11th, whatever that Friday is. But it's on the website. So just go to it. And uh, our Wix-sponsored website. Yeah. Go to it and check it out. Um, Haunted Atchison is creeping up on us. That's in August. And remember, there's a bunch of stuff that you can do for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Somebody had sent a, an email and asked what the uh, the tickets for that are $25. And they wanted to know what that got them if they got you into Sally House and all that. And the answer to that is no. That gets you into the event, which is at Pelucci's, which is uh, a haunted restaurant. It's very cool. There's only 60 seats available, and half of those are already gone. But it's uh, myself and Justin, who you heard earlier, mm-hmm. 
and Maria Miller, who is the uh, director of tourism there in Atchison. She's going to tell you about all the haunted places. Atchison is not just the Sally House. Trust me, there is all kinds of haunted places mm-hmm. in there. So we're going to have a haunted trolley wides. Wides. You said twelve. We're going to have some trolley wides. So, yeah, haunted, <laughs> haunted trolley rides, uh, cemetery tours. They're going to have two things going on at the Sally House. So I'll, I'll make uh, – the distinction between the two. There is a $65 paranormal investigation of the Sally House. And there's only 20 spots available for that. And I'm really not sure how many is left. Uh, and then there's a separate tour. Like it's just a personal walkthrough, self-guided tour. That's like $10. Mm-hmm. So if you're too scared to do the paranormal investigating, which we will not be doing, but we will be spending the night there. So Oh, yeah. That's even better. <laughs> so I just cannot wait. <laughs> I'm about and, to bust a gut over it. Ugh. So, yeah, there's a bunch of cool stuff going on. So, you can spend the whole weekend doing stuff with yeah. us. We will be there the entire weekend. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Indianapolis, we've already, we've already talked about. August 24th mm-hmm. in Lexington, Kentucky, Tony Bruski from the Grave Talks. And, of course, Real Ghost Stories Online, which inspired this show, will be in town. And it's also our three-year birthday party. I know. How fun. There will be cake and festivities. And that's at, that's at Columbia Steakhouse. They're going to have a buffet at a steakhouse. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be top-notch. You're going to want to be at this one. There'll be a few surprises, trust me. Yay. We've already got plans. Please come, guys. And Bobby Mackey's is coming up yep. in that's like two in, weeks. What, two weeks, yeah. yeah. So, and that one's already sold out, unfortunately. But who knows? I might talk to him about... The possibility of uh, doing another one, especially with the Portals of Hell coming out at, at Bobby Mackey's. Yeah, I think there's cool. even a little more renewed interest. Mm-hmm. So, okay. <laughs> I love this. I, I don't know if everybody will love it as much as I did, but this is Amanda. And she's going to share a lot of her experiences. As you will see, she is all over the place. She is very <laughs> hyper. She's also She also has quite the mouth on her. Well, and um, she has toned it down for this episode, uh, but we are talking about the possibility of maybe doing some unedited stuff in the future, some bonus episodes or something mm-hmm. that we can put out. But they will have to have disclaimers on them. Yeah. Because she's very uh, Ohio-ish. Yeah. So to speak. But she's awesome. But she's awesome. So give a listen and see what you think. All right. We are joined by a special guest tonight. She is up in the Massachusetts area. So I always love to get... The New England guest, because New England is rich in paranormal history and just history in general. And she wrote me on Twitter. We've corresponded back and forth for about two years. And she's got some cool stories I thought would be cool to finally get her on the show. So uh, welcome to the show, author A. Dizzy. What's going on? Not much. Just sitting here talking to you. Oh, well, good. Well, that works out good for an interview then. It sure does, doesn't it? So... You've been a you've been a listener for a while now. Oh, I think since you guys started. Yeah, and we appreciate that. And you've you've been you were probably back when we we really first started. You were like the first person I ever interacted with on Twitter. Oh God, you're gonna make me blush. Okay. <laughs> and, and you sent us a book, which is very awesome. If I remember correctly, wouldn't it? Uh, it was in New Hampshire, Ghost though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was New Hampshire. Um, Wait a minute, it, what, what state was it? New Hampshire. <laughs> I love uh, here it. we go. Here we go. Paul is my cousin. <laughs> okay. So you told me a funny story about how you learned your alphabet. 
Oh, yeah. Share that story with us, if you would. That would be the Ouija board. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> I grew up in a very interesting home. Um, it was a split level. It was south of Boston. There was, I don't know, just like six of us, seven of us living in a small area. Um, my grandmother was a Wiccan witch. And so Friday nights, they were... They were Ouija board seances, um, like the witchcrafts, casting spells, like you name it. I was there. I, I did that stuff. My brother had cerebral palsy. My my grandmother watched me a lot because my mother was in and out of hospitals with him. So obviously, I'm four or five years old. Like I need a I need a supervisor. So <laughs> that was my supervisor. So she uh, would say to me, "Do you want to learn the alphabet?" And I would say, "Yeah." And so she pulled out her Ouija board and said, you know, you if you get the alphabet right, you know, it'll talk to you. It'll tell you things. And so, lo and behold, I did that. I lived in the most haunted house. I was always afraid of certain areas in the house. I used to, <laughs> I used to talk to someone who I thought was an imaginary friend. He was not. He was a dead relative. It, it was just stuff like that. Like, seances were, to me, normal. But... If you talk to someone else, I was the weird kid. I was odd. Like, what do you mean? What is that? What are you doing? It To me, it never bothered me. Definitely <laughs> have learned a lot of things about being careful with, with that kind of stuff. So at a young age, my, my grandmother taught me how to use tarot cards. She taught me how to, you know, like cast silly spells and stuff like that. And so I was a kid, so I, I just thought it was fun. I didn't think anything of it. And I never told my mom because why would I have to? You know what I mean? Why I'm learning the alphabet. I'm spending time with my grandmother. This stuff is normal. I didn't just, I didn't think it was weird at all. So later on down the line, I would, I would tell my mom these things and she'd be like, what? And my mother is a Catholic. She was a, she was a loyal Catholic for a while. And then just, it, she didn't have time to go to church and stuff like that anymore. So we didn't, I mean, like I made my first communion I'm baptized the whole nine. So was my grandmother. And that's another funny story, too, because she was a Greek Orthodox. So <laughs> she was like practicing witchcraft, but also going to church on Sundays with her husband. Like, <laughs> it was just so weird. Like, you know, she was also a hairdresser. She also worked where I work now. Everyone either loved her or hated her. She was she was that kind of person. She was fierce. And, and she taught me just how to, like, be a strong woman. So did my mom. But. I don't know, like the, the whole Ouija board experience, I will tell you, as I got older, I would take it out sometimes and I would, I would play with it. And I had one experience that scared the absolute crud out of me. So it was just me because I used to play by myself. I didn't really have many friends. I didn't want many friends. I grew up in a very difficult household. So it was kind of embarrassing to me to have people over my house. My parents fought all the time. They were in and out of going, getting a divorce, not getting a divorce. So I would play with the Ouija board. And one, one night, I'm, I think I was like 12 sitting on my bunk bed. And I remember playing with it. Nothing was really happening. I didn't think anything of it. My closet door opened and shut, like slammed shut real loud, scared the crap out of me. I remember running into my mother's room and she was pissed. She was like, what are you doing? Or who who taught you? Like, I just remember her being so angry with me about the whole Ouija board thing. Yeah, I had, you know, the glow in the dark ones. 
Yeah. I had, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a I had a glow-in-the-dark Ouija board because I was that kid. Like, I requested it for my birthday, and my grandmother bought it for me. And I, I had it. And, like, a stuffed animal. You know those stuffed animal things they hold? It's like a giant thing. You put a bunch of stuffed animals on them. It's like a net. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hid it in there. And that's when I would just, like, play with it when I was bored. And I, and I remember that stuff. And I remember my mom being like, no more. You can't do this anymore. Like, you're going to church every week. You know what I mean? And it was just kind of like, oh, okay. And honestly, like, to be honest, I don't have a religion. I don't really, I don't not believe in Jesus. And I do believe in Jesus. I don't know. Like, I just believe there's a higher power, not necessarily like a person. So, you know, I was made to do all that as a kid. And so, I don't know. I just, I feel like the more I was forced into doing stuff like that, the more I would dabble and the more I would, get into stuff. So my grandmother bought me a book. Uh, it was a, it was a spell book for teenagers. It was called teen witch. And it had like three hot dudes and like one really pretty chick in the middle. And it was like, learn to be a teen witch. And it was just so cool. And like, I'm like, That's what I was doing. And there was this little <laughs> shop down the street from me that, that was so cool. It had like um, stones and gems and like, like sage and and candles and I love that stuff and I still do I do play with tarot cards I don't typically do it that much anymore I have kids and stuff like that uh, I can't do those cards in my house in my house that I live in now because when I do it, like weird stuff will happen you can my husband will tell you we definitely have a couple ghosts that reside in my home now that I've kind of like talked to but not on not on purpose yeah not like didn't mean to but like so like i can read in my dreams i i so i was i don't know what i did i I guess it's called astro projecting i didn't know what that was till i went and psychic and i told her how i could read in my dreams and she said oh you're astro projecting and i was just like what's that and she told me and she's like you're not supposed to be able to read in your dreams well i can and so i do it a lot (laughs) more than i mean to like i don't know how to not do it so I'll, I'll read in my dreams and I had a dream this like lady was sitting on my couch and there was this little boy and he fell down my stairs and she was she had a piece of paper in her hand and it said um it said the boy's name and the boy's name was Evan so what's funny about Evan is there's names Evan all in my house like so whoever lived here before me there was a little boy named Evan it's like engraved in uh, the cement outside by the steps by my house and then it's also like in i don't know like whoever owned this house before they let their kids do whatever i'm still fixing it and it's like evan and like sticker writing so i tried to do research on the house and i can't find an evan which drives me crazy because i don't know i just feel like something happened (laughs) just because i always have dreams about this kid he's always dead in my dreams which is terrible and he always will like have um he'll have like he'll he'll be holding books or like holding something and it'll just say like his name it'll either say his name or there'll be numbers like 13 or or 15 like just weird numbers and i can never figure out what it is i don't know if maybe he's just like he's just here i don't know but that happens a lot to me and i think it all stems from being exposed at a young age to that kind of stuff and not knowing how to actually properly 
do like properly close things and open things and stuff like that. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Like I totally, I can tell you that there was a monster that lived (laughs) under my stairs when I was a kid. Like it wasn't just me that saw it. Like it was me. And like, I had to sleep over once and I remember this little girl, she wanted to go home. And I said, well, why? She said, there's a thing under your stairs with red eyes. And I wasn't like, so it, it definitely made me feel not alone because I definitely had seen that too. So it like was, it was like justification. It was clarification that I wasn't crazy because I thought I was crazy a lot when I was younger. I'm like, this is, I'm crazy. <laughs> but I did, like I did, I thought I was crazy. And like, if I was a stranger, like everyone that's listening to your podcast now probably doesn't believe me. And that's okay. Cause I wouldn't believe me either. It's, it's very, it's, it's crazy to me like the stuff that's happened around me to me just the other morning I was laying in bed and I was late for work and someone screamed get up like that that stuff happens to me a lot I had an experience with uh, so I did I did tarot cards one night I was just messing around with them in fact I was trying to figure out a layout that I didn't know how to do that well it was like the Celtic cross or something I think and I'm sitting up whatever so I was messing around with them and whatever and I didn't I didn't normally I'll clean my cards out. So like I'll sage them or I'll put like a stone on top of them and do whatever. I didn't do that this night. And so I'm laying in bed and my husband's laying in bed and we hear my son. And so I, so I get up, nothing. I go back to bed. My husband hears this time he sees my son standing at the top of our stairs. So he goes to get up and say, you know, what's wrong? There is no kid. My son's sleeping in bed. Like, that's the stuff that happens. And then the next day, my son will come to me and say, Mom, a little boy or a little girl, I can't remember, I think it was a little girl, crawled out of my closet last night and went to your room. And I was like, excuse me? I said, oh, no, you stay in your room. Don't you bring that in here. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just that that will happen. And, you know, I've heard footsteps. You know, we were sitting on the couch one night watching Lucifer. and uh, Of course you were. We, yeah, I might better watch Sabrina Lucifer, all that stuff, because it's fun to me. It's like it's like home, you know? So anyway, uh, we have footsteps going up and down. And so I, you know, I'm like, Jonathan, go to bed, you know? No, there was no one there. Nobody. Sound asleep. I heard it. My, uh, you know, my husband heard it. Then my dogs. I have two Siberian Huskies. And they're staring at the bottom of my steps and they're tracing something. I can see them. They're like following something. I'm like, oh my God. So I'm way more adventurous and I'm a little, I am a little more ballsy than my husband is. So I go upstairs and I'm like, all right. I'm like talking to nothing. I'm like, you need to, it's bedtime. Everyone's going to sleep, blah, blah, blah. Wouldn't you know, (laughs) I'm laying in bed that night. It's probably 2.30 in the morning, and I feel what I think is my son crawling to bed with me. There is an indent laying in the back of my legs. It scared the hell out of me. I'm like, all right. And there was no one there. Nobody. Goodness. I saw it, and my husband felt it because it kind of, like, woke him up. I mean, I could see it. I mean, like, I have chills now thinking about it. That hasn't happened in a long time. But it, it it happens occasionally. So it's like that stuff that will go on. And like, I, you know, I have stories about, so I live in the Taunton area. I don't know if you know anything about the Freetown Woods. Yes, I uh, do. Okay. So I've been through the Freetown Woods and I've had 
I've had some cool experiences. My husband's had experience there. I don't live that far from there. All right, so this is kind of cool. So I go to the woods, whatever. It was fine. A couple days go by, everything's fine. So I get up sometimes really early to go to work. I get up between 3 and 3.30. Sometimes if I'm feeling, feeling froggy, I'll get up at 3.55 and, I mean, go to work and, and, and try and make it on time, which I do make it on time because I'm good. So anyway, I, uh, I'm getting ready and I'm eating my Cheerios or whatever I'm doing in the door handle. So it's, it's Taunton. It's not that great of an area. And the in the door handle, well, not the, I guess the door handle to outside, like the doorknob moves as if someone's trying to get into my house. And I was like, holy crap. And so I look out the window. There's no one there. I'm like, oh, my God. So I, I go up the stairs. I wake my husband up and I'm like, someone's trying to get into this house. Like it, it was insane. So he goes, he looks around the house. There's no one there. Nothing. I'm like, what the hell? So. I'm a little freaked out at this point. I've woken my whole house up because I thought someone was trying to break in. And uh, my my husband's like, you know, there's no one here. I don't know what you're talking about. You must have just been half asleep and imagined it. I'm like, there's no way I imagined that. No way at all. So I'm getting ready to leave because now I'm not getting to work at five. I'm going to work at seven because I'm not going outside. <laughs> so my, my son goes, Ma, Ma, who's that man? And I go, what? He goes, who's that man in your car? And I'm like, excuse me? Yeah, who's that man in your car? I said, there's no man in my car. Uh-uh. So there was no one there. I was all bugged out. I don't know, like, I don't know what it was. And so this had been going on for a couple days, and I, I couldn't tell you what it was at this point. I'm like, I'm going crazy. So I go and see a psychic friend of mine. She's like, yeah. She's like, your house got a lot of activity, and she throws down a card, and it's it's an angel cat, I think is what it is. And it's got a picture of a fireplace and it looks just like my fireplace. And she says to me, you have a portal in your house. And I'm like, what? I have a portal in my house. That's nice. So I didn't do anything with that. I guess I just kind of let the portal roll. I, I guess I, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. What do I do with that? Do I, I don't know how to close portals. So I just like, <laughs> let it happen. I'm like, I'm like, all right, guess it's grand, grand uh, central station. Come on in. Come visit me. And, you know, just the weird experiences. Um, my dogs don't like to go in my basement. I don't like to go in my basement. Uh, everything seems to happen when I'm alone, which I don't like. I feel like I'm way I'm way more open than I know and then that I think. So I'm cleaning or doing whatever. My husband's working. I don't know what he's doing. And I hear a scream come from my basement. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And so the dogs are not downstairs yet. So I open the door and I'm like, hey, and I use some choice words. I'm like, shut up, insert the F-bomb, and I slam the door. So for two days, my dogs would not go down in that basement, wouldn't go in that basement, wouldn't eat. When I tell you, they would stand at the top of the stairs, look at me, and I'm like, go downstairs, go. And they wouldn't go. So <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't know the, too much history on this house. I can't really find very much on it, but sometimes I think it's just me. Like, I think I just kind of attract stuff. Not on purpose, obviously, but I'm telling you, this, the whole Ouija board, when someone says don't play with a Ouija board, don't play with a Ouija board, especially if you don't know what you're doing. Because I, I feel like, you know, I was four or five years old doing those things, not being properly taught how to do it. 
And so it, what's, what's funny about my, my grandmother is um, everything comes back to you, you know, when you're, when you do certain stuff. So like if you're casting a spell, you're doing whatever. I feel crazy talking to you guys about this, to be totally honest, because I don't normally open up about this stuff because it's weird. It's so weird to think that, that this, this is my life and this is how I grew up. It's just, it's very odd when I start talking about it because I feel like I sound crazy. Anyway, so my, my grandmother divorces my grandfather. She moves, she moves away and she starts getting into Reiki and bees and she was stinging cancer patients and she was doing Reiki on cancer patients and doing all this stuff with cancer, doing all these things with cancer patients, trying to lessen their pain before they died. And, you know, it's funny because she died of cancer. She, there is no cancer that runs through my family. And she died of pancreatic cancer. And the last uh, client that she had worked on had pancreatic cancer. And so, like, my dad, who is a, whether he likes to admit it or not, can see dead people and stuff like that. He doesn't talk about it ever. He's talked about it to me maybe three times since I've been alive. And he just used to tell me all the time, don't mess with that stuff. Don't mess with it, that stuff because you don't know what you're getting into. And so she would sting these cancer patients and she would try and what she used to call back before. I think it was called Reiki. I don't know. I was young. Uh, she used to call it healing hands. And so she'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to so-and-so's house and I'm going to heal them. It was just stuff like that. And to me, I don't think she knew what she was doing. And like it wasn't. To me, it just it, something wasn't right. And so I think, honestly, from how she was rolling and doing things, I think it kind of came back and bit her in the butt. And that's 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 that. And she started to get into, like, um, drumming circles. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if she met, like, a super-duper hippie guy or what, but she started, like, going on these drumming circles and, like, smoking a bunch of weed. And, like, she was getting crazy and telling me crazy stories about how she transformed into a wolf. I mean, come on. <laughs> I think she was you probably doing more than weed. <laughs> no, no, sugar. She said, yeah, she said, I transformed into a wolf. And I, I was like, no, you didn't. That doesn't happen. You're not a werewolf. Like, I just remember being like, you're not a werewolf. Get out of here. Your grandmother she, was a shapeshifter. Yeah, she was a shape. She probably was. I don't know. Let me tell you something. You got. I wish like you live closer because I would welcome you into this madness. It is crazy, <laughs> and so you know I write these stories based on things that may or may not have happened to me. I'm super into folklore. I'm super into all those things because of my grandmother. And if she was alive today, I would totally thank her because she's given me a creative outlet. I don't regret any of the things that when I was younger. I guess I don't really regret it. I just wish I was taught properly. Because my great grandmother was a gypsy, apparently. I don't know. I come from a line of freaks, apparently. Like, I guess, from what I'm told. <laughs> what my dad says. You come from a line of freaks. It's a curse. I'm like, oh, cool. Awesome. So, <laughs> you know, I don't really have a relationship with him, which is fine with me to each their own. But he, you know, just weird stuff would happen with him too. If I could, if I could ever get him on the show, I would totally love to. He has, he has some doozies. He's got some good ones. Way better than my experiences, I'll tell you that. So I've The main reason I had you on is you had reached out about um, lumberjack folklore. Oh, and, yeah. And you've written some stuff on that, and I wanted you to enlighten us a little bit. 
Oh, okay. So I didn't, I'm not going to let you on the list of, of fearsome creatures because it is way too long, guys. However, I did write a story about the hide behind, and I'm not going to read that because it's a little long, and I'm sure this is already pretty long enough. Yeah, uh, give us give us a, a synopsis of some of the so some of my the version of the my version of the hide behind is a lot more gory than than what the fearsome critter page will give you. So the hide behind is a he's a large creature, and he is he preys on unwary lumberjacks, and he eats them. So he's just like a giant, what I would like to assume is a lumberjack's version of uh, like a Sasquatch, maybe, of Bigfoot. That's what I I think. Um, supposedly he can, he so he pretty much hunts you when you are lost in the woods. Um, and supposedly he is so quick that he can hide behind a tree before a lumberjack sees him. And that is what a hide behind is. And I think they're fantastic because I actually like someone drew a picture of a hide behind on the interwebs. And um, he's so cool. He's like, he's tall. He's kind of hairy. He's a little like Bigfoot, but like he's got bigger teeth. His eyes are a little like, his eyes are like super duper yellowish white. I don't know. He's so cool. If you can Google like the hide, it's the hide behind or hide behind, which is one word. it it's so cool. Uh, so my story is about a um, about a woman who is trying to find herself. So she goes in, on a hike, and uh, she, you know, feels like she's being watched. And you know, pretty much, this thing chases her through the woods, and she ends up finding her way out. And she actually gets a glimpse of him. And so how I describe him is a like. I don't know, like, you'd have to read the story how I describe him. He's, to me, I think he's a lot more alien-like how I describe him. Just because I really didn't want to do, like, a, like, I don't know, I didn't want to be completely true to to the actual, like, hide behind. I kind of wanted to put my spin on it just because I, I thought it would be a, a little bit, it'd be way more fun, I, I thought. So that's the hide behind. And they have this other thing called a squonk, okay? Are you ready for a squonk? He's the best. So uh, he he pretty much hates people, and he dissolves in his own tears. He literally just he's like a he's like um you know that real ugly fish that like um he's like a oh my god he looks like a blob he's got like a big nose kind of and like beady eyes. <laughs> Ever seen that fish? <laughs> yes, I know what you're talking. Yeah, that's exactly what that thing looks like. It is a squonk, and some days I feel like a squonk. Didn't he true. just? Didn't he just retire from the Patriots? <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yes, he sure did. <laughs> handsome fella, yeah, Squonk, yeah, he's he's pretty cool. So but, listen, yeah. you've What's that? you've got tons of stories, and you're going to tell us some more if you're uh, if you guys are any Patreon supporters. You're going to tell us some more for the listener stories episode we did. But if somebody wanted to read some of your stuff, where could they do that at, or is there a Vocal- way to do it? So they could go to vocal.media and you go on, so you go on their website and they have a search bar. And so apparently according to my husband who definitely searched it, you go into the search bar and you type in my name, which is a dizzy D and my stories should pop up. I don't just write scary stories. Um, I've written a couple personal stories. 
one of which is about my brother who passed away at 14. So like if, if you're looking for just the horror stuff, they do have a section in, in there that you can, um, you can search like strictly horror. So you can click on like my name and then it should bring up like horror. Yeah. They have all different types of things you can click on, but go under horror for me. I have more horror stories than I do personal stories. I have a ton. I think I have like 10 or 11, the hide behind is on there. I do not have a story about a squonk yet, but I'm going to write one. I just don't know how I can make him scary because he's not. I, I mean, I could. I could. I mean, there, I could go a couple different, but he's so cute. I don't really want to make him scary. Yep, you can find me on there. And I also, if you go on Facebook, you can follow. So on Facebook, I have a page that you can follow where I actually will post. Like, so when I get approved for a story because they have to get approved through Vogel. I, I post them right to my actual page, which let me just bring that up because so it's so it's a dizzy D short stories is what you find me on. So it's a dizzy D short stories. And that's where you can follow me on Facebook that way. And, you know, if anyone's interested, they can slip into my DMS and I can give you my email address too and email you stories because my next venture I, I would really like to get like a part, like a private following as well. And I actually am working on, I have apparel. I don't know if I ever sent you the link, but I, um, I need to get a new apparel company though. I don't really like them right now. Um, <laughs> the website's really hard to work. It's cafe press. So if you go to cafe press, I'll have to give you the link to, so you can see it. But I, um, I, I have t-shirts. And so like my logo is an alien reading a book. That's, that's my logo. And I love her. She's really cool. So if you guys want to check all that out, feel free. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. No problem. It took a lot of courage because I'm shy. Yeah, it doesn't sound like you're shy. But yeah. I'm wicked shy. I'm wicked (laughs) shy. Come on. Okay, before we get off one more time, say New Hampshire again. Oh, God. New Hampshire. (laughs) Okay. What what other words do you want? Because I get this a lot. Like, ca, tag it. I'd already picked that one out, but you said car like three or four times, so I can go back and listen to that. Tag it, too. (laughs) Because I don't know if you have a tag it by you, but, like, tag it's another one. (laughs) This is awesome. Yeah, I could do, like, um, my car keys. Where are those? And it's, like, really bad because, so, like, I love friends from out of state state or whatever, and they'll be like, Amanda. Say blah blah blah, and I'm just like, <laughs> I don't want to say. Don't make me that. Go. Oh, say Paul Revere. I'm like Paul Revere. But, you know what I mean? It's stuff like that that I get. And so you like literally. I I wish I wish I could just have one of those little buttons you press, and I could give you what you want to hear all day long. That would be awesome. I'm gonna um, go back and make sound clips of it, so I'll have that on for myself. So you could just be like, hey, hey, Tracy, where are my khakis? And just have, like, my voice say khakis every time. That would be phenomenal. Amanda, um, it's been awesome. Thank you. Oh, God, I tried. I'm so, and I'm, like, sweaty and stuff, and I don't even know why. It's just, like, oh, it's crazy. Because I'm speaking to so many people without really speaking to them, you know. Understandable. But you did a great job. God. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. It was a little full of everything. Yeah, it was. But that's good. That's a good thing. Yep. So I had fun with it. I did. I enjoyed I thought, it. I thought it was some cool stories. And like I said, and dealing with Justin, uh, that little segment I thought was fun <laughs> and informative. And I don't even know what to say about Amanda. 
She's she's awesome. That's what you say about Amanda. She is definitely a uh, unique individual that I have a lot of fun with. Mm -hmm. So. And like I said, we we got to uh, record another segment for a Patreon. So when we do our listener stories episode on the first of the month, boy, do you hear that one? That one's even more fun than what this one was. <laughs> so you'll be hearing more from Amanda. Trust me. So guys, thank you so much for everything you do. We appreciate all of your support. You guys are awesome. You guys are. Love one another. Hug one another. And, um, you know, hope you guys enjoy your week. Yep. And remember on Memorial Day. Uh, we want to thank all of those who gave the ultimate sacrifice uh, in our military. And, you know, if one of those people were uh, members of your family or friends that are no longer with us because they gave it all so we could all be free, uh, please remember them in your thoughts and prayers. Amen. <laughs>